0: Hello,
1: everybody. Happy Friday. We hope you had a great week. We are having a great week because we are in the middle of shooting South Trip. In fact, when you're hearing this is the day that we are doing our meetup in Austin. Surprise! If you happen to be in Austin today and you don't have anything, any plans for dinner, come down and see us. It'd be great. You could probably still join us, which would be really cool. But we actually are having a kind of an intimate little gathering of people that are in the Austin and, and other places around Texas area. And, of course, Texas is a huge state, but just people that happen to be close. Because I think something around being close to Thanksgiving, there's not a lot of people traveling because they're traveling next week but people are with us and we're excited about that and we've had a really cool trip we can't wait to share more about that but it's podcast day which means car debates
0: it does we've got a couple of great debates for you guys first of all martin in portland oregon is falling out of love with his volkswagen gti but he Mm. also wants a new car for his wife wow we're gonna do a lot okay good then there's nico p who is moving to germany he's 26 years old he lives in california but he's moving to germany Mm. in early 2023 and he's gonna be selling all his cars and wants our advice of as to what to buy Germany.
1: Did you notice that Nico's only ever owned German cars here in the U.S. That. and now he's moving to Germany? I find that hysterical. There, I was a lot I was hoping that he would be like a guy. We'd be like, oh, you're in Germany by German. Wait, no, you already did that. That's <laughs> happened.
0: Haggerty is always announcing exciting new things that they're doing, and this one is no exception. Brand new this year. Marketplace is your Haggerty hub for buying and selling cool cars. With their reimagined Classifieds experience, buyers can now shop for vehicles that are on sale from Haggerty Drivers Club members, and the sellers get access to millions of car lovers. This is a marketplace.
1: There's all kinds of cars on there, so no matter what you're into, you can find something you love. And with Classifieds, there's no buyer's feeds, regardless of vehicle price. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, you should head over to Haggerty Marketplace. Take a look around. We think you'll love it. Let's dive into
0: the debate for Martin in Portland. He's been a listener and followed us since one of the first GT eighty six video reviews, that so was a while says, ago, yeah, ten years or so. Don't do that, Martin. Yeah, don't do that. That's all bad. I mean, actually, it's not quite that long, but it is a while. So thank you. That's really, yeah, great. I really appreciate it. He's bought a few of our seasons and videos from Amazon, and he's a fan. Thank, thank you. you. He's can't wait to join a meetup next time. We are near the Pacific Northwest, and we will be doing more of these as mm-hmm. we have more road trips and do more shoots. Yeah, we're going to yeah. try to accommodate. You know, staying a little bit longer and seeing people because we feel like all of you are our friends, and we yeah, just want to see sure. people. But it just it doesn't work out for every shoot sometimes we have to sniper shot and dive in and yeah. get the cars and get out due to time constraints but still we want to do more of these but the crazy thing is that we have discovered and I, I, look
1: maybe this was obvious maybe it was completely blatant and you can't believe it took me this long to catch up but i can't <laughs> believe how much we're enjoying these road trips the filming yeah. the even the editing is fun So the road trips are something we want to keep doing. We've got lots of ideas going forward, so we'll be other places for sure.
0: Well, you mentioned a couple podcasts ago about your trepidation before we even started doing all these road trips. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, because- I didn't realize you were keeping that in.
1: My experience in road tripping, I never enjoyed it. But if you think about my history of road tripping, it was family road trips. I, mean, I see it? With yeah. my sister in the back fighting over. <laughs> and that's your half of the car. Fighting over that. She crossed the line. There's that. Okay. This fight in Which also means look, and we were driving, my family had cars from the 70s and 80s, even mm. though this was the, you know, the 80s and 90s. Uh, so, so you had seven cars. So there's no entertainment. You got a coloring book and, and if it's if if there's music there's no playing screens. you've got to decide on music that the whole family can listen to. Right. So there's those questions. I mean, this was not a good road trip experience. And then my road trip experience beyond that was when I went back and forth from Houston to Waco for college. 180 oh, yeah, miles. Yeah. That's not a fun drive. And I had an old Caprice because, of course, I did. And, <laughs> and you know, so, so that that was crazy to sound. Sorry, a whole big circle here. This is why I got into audiobooks. I've told this story before. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because
1: it was, almost, it was like 181 miles from my parents' driveway to where I lived in, in, in Waco when I went to Baylor. Okay? And what started happening is I started to see how fast I could make it the next time. Did you choose shorter audiobooks? No, 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 no. No, this is why I got into audiobooks. Oh, okay, because okay. With, Well, audio, audiobooks, I was just playing music. I, like every little time, I tried to get a little bit faster than the last time. It beat my time, new personal Funny. record, until I got a rather hefty ticket as a guy that was about 19 or 20. Like,
0: but the Strava data, no, exactly. Strava didn't exist.
1: Exactly. There was none of that. <laughs> it was just my watch. Anyway, which I did have at the time. So, so that was the thing. And then I was like, you know what? I need to do something that slows me down. And I realized that most abridged audiobooks, and of course, they were all on tape then. Of of the, course. Think about this. Yes. Most abridged audiobooks were abridged to three hours. And I was like, oh, so if I start it when I roll out of my driveway, I'll finish when I roll into my parents' house and I can go How the funny. speed limit. And that's got me into audiobooks. So, fast forward to when we get cool cars on cool roads, and then when it gets boring, I'm listening to an audiobook.
0: You're in default mode, is what you're doing. I, I'm, you're, you're back to what you know. Exactly. How so, funny. I can sit there
1: with an audiobook and do normal speeds and be fine. And then we hit a great stretch of road. I'm like, audiobooks off. And do you see this road? And of course, we're talking to Cameron. So, that feels yeah. like we got friends. It's so much fun.
0: Wow. All right. We digress. Martin, we're really <laughs> going to choose something for you here and your wife here. Well, Martin regularly has at least one of his cars in his garage for some kind of worker upgrades, and he tears through our podcast while he's wrenching. He bought a new Mark 7 GTI 2015 for his wife before his son was born. Mm. It's the first new car he'd bought off a lot in his life. Wow, okay. He'd, of course, read all the reviews, and it seemed to strike a great balance. His wife appreciated the handling and the space, and warranty and hatchback was great with the baby. Love it, love it, yep. In seven years and 70,000 miles, the car has been the second nicest to drive and least reliable car in their stable.
1: <laughs> which, By the way, which includes a 1986 911 that he used to daily commute, a 1987 Mercedes 300E with a ton of miles, and a 1999 Land Cruiser. Think about those three cars. The Land Cruiser we know is going to run till the earth stops turning. That's not a surprise. Well, of course. But an 86 911, those will run great, but they need love. And then an 87 Mercedes 300E with a lot of miles and the <laughs> all three of those are 25 to 30 or more years older. Yes, and the brand new at least when they bought it, Volkswagen GTI
0: has been the least reliable by a stretch. Here are the issues. Oh no. Number 1, it had a failed HVAC flap actuator. Two batteries within 2 years of purchase. Wow. It had an oil leak from the timing chain cover. It leaks or consumes coolant. He's not sure which. There's cracks all over the plastic sunroof surround. That's a known issue due to flexing in the roof. But Volkswagen refused to fix because he noticed when he was 5,000 miles out of warranty. Uh, those warranties come down hard. Those, oh, are, not, those are not
1: flexible numbers. No. You pass the number. You are, literally, if you rolled over, you have a 60,000-mile warranty, you rolled over 60,001 miles,
0: and you reach the dealer, they're going to be like, this is what this will cost you. You are screwed. Uh huh. It consumes oil. It had a failed thermostat, which required dismantling most of the intake side of the engine, and he was able to pull quarter-sized carbon chunks from the intake valves. I don't know much about engines, but that's bad news. That's not good. <laughs> it's officially bad. The sunroof tray was leaking, and also the clock spring failed, which is a device that communicates with all the car systems and put the car into limp
1: mode. This is not the first time we've heard about failed clock springs on a Volkswagen no,
0: product. No. I hate to say it, but it's a known thing. Well, well luckily, Martin's a pretty decent wrench, and he could DIY all of it, he says. However, but from a reliability standpoint, his 23-year-old Cruiser and 35-year-old Mercedes, <laughs> both of which have 200,000 plus miles, crush the GTI. And he says so does the 911. Wow. Wow. Okay. He says that he wants to ask, as one of the few average guy reviewers out there and as a group that really seems to want to help car enthusiasts still have families, he'd love it if someone would emphasize that VW sort of sucks. <laughs> those are martin's words not mine you're getting, you getting that off your chest there martin you feel better <laughs> about that can we all just take a nice just ah just a cleansing <laughs> breath yep okay feels good to put that out there doesn't it, martin with build quality and reliability amid all the rave gti and golf R reviews every time he's had an issue he found it well documented in the gti forum so they're not unique mm-hmm. there's even an incredible step-by-step video guide for the thermostat on what is essentially a new car
1: Martin, let mind me, blown. Yeah, Martin, let me, let me go to the side of this for a second. First off, keep in mind that most of the time, almost all the time, when car reviewers are reviewing cars, and we're no different, it's a brand new car. If, you, if we get a press car that has 5,000 miles on it, it is an old car in the press fleet. 5,000 miles bolts. is like, I can't believe they still have this in the press fleet. It <laughs> is very common that the number on the dash is like 1,000 or 1,200. Very commonly. Yeah. So, guess what's wrong with the car at that point? Nothing. Absolutely
0: it's not. J.D. Power, Best New Colony no, Award. And so it's
1: impossible for us to extrapolate what the problems are going to be, but you're right. Volkswagen, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, the 60,000 mile warranty rule on a Volkswagen is you better get out prior because there's known, lots of known issues. Now you've had plenty oh, of stuff man. before that even happened and I'm sorry to hear that. Now Volkswagen's not alone in that, but but you're right. We're talking about known issues here. We don't cover it on new cars because it feels like we're, we're just kind of, we're swinging a, a bat at nothing because we can tell you what we've can dig up in consumer reports or wherever else about Mm -hmm. how the cars used Mm -hmm. to be, but we don't know what the new one's going to do. Is it going to be like the old ones? Is it going to be a standout? Plus cars built on different days. You can have one person that has a car for 60,000 miles and no problems. And the next person has the one that was built on the next day, same model, same year, and they have nothing but problems impossible for us to right. get ahead of.
0: And there's listeners who have Volkswagens out there who have had no problems. And the cars run great. They put a lot of miles on them. We- <laughs> and they're not on the forums. <laughs> they don't know the forums exist. I'm just kidding. So we know that everybody's experience varies. And we know it's very easy to just have a blanket statement out there. Just get out before the 60,000 odometer service, you know, or mm-hmm. before it rolls over. We know we're making that statement. But we still come across a lot of people like Martin who've had these experiences mm-hmm. And I'm glad that there's the community and the support and the forums to keep these cars intact and running. But sometimes you think this part is over-engineered and, well, of course it's going to fail. Yeah, or, yeah. There's a simpler solution here. Or maybe the aftermarket solution is cheaper and a better fix. But why? Mm-hmm. Now, that's every car has that. Sure, yes, definitely. The cars that don't have the least stressed engines, meaning no power, <laughs> and they're boring to drive. Yeah, yeah. So... If we want enthusiast driving, there's a level. It just depends on how much of that level each individual driver is willing to take. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, Martin says it's fun to drive. He says, if you must have an auto, that DSG is great. Yeah, we agree. He started throwing around the idea that maybe it was time to get a new car. Feeling sensible for once, he asked his wife to drive a RAV4 and... And he got this withering look. <laughs> he says, the quick spin was enough to know he was in for it. So she has the GTI. She loves the GTI. Martin's like, let's
1: look at a nice, reliable Toyota RAV4 at just the drive around the block. <laughs> Made him convinced that the RAV4 is not for her. She's it's not happy. Right out. Yep. She's listening now, too. So hello.
0: So 40000 ish Martin okay. can be flexible on cost, but anything over 45000 is probably a hard no from the MOF. Okay. No SUVs or anything with the name van in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And she thought the RAV was kind of big.
1: Interesting. I also wonder how it much grown. of that was this. It is. And I also wonder how much of that was the sense of ride height. That's because true. the ride height of That's a RAV4 true. versus a GTI, I don't know that volume wise, like interior volume wise, I don't think the RAV4 is that much bigger than a GTI, but it's
0: higher and bulkier. True. Very yeah. true. Martin writes that it needs to be reasonably reliable. What, why? Why? What, what, what's going on, Martin? I don't you're understand. You're a mechanic. You've got 200,000-mile old 80s cars. What's wrong with this? <laughs> You've limped a GTI for 70,000 miles. <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. You can do it anything. Anyway. He says it's hard to match the GTI in sensible engagement, but is there anything that sort of resembles fun driving? And he mm. also said the GTI has a nice interior for the price, whereas the RAV4 does not. Well, I mean, it's not bad, but, but I it's agree. But not, it's, it's not as good. I get that. The GTI yeah, sure. is yeah. a level up. And so he wants to figure out what can he do. Martin, I think you're open to suggestions here. I'm, I'm really hearing that you're open, and I do have some good suggestions for you. First time in a long time. I've got a wild card. Good. Okay, awesome. But I want you to look at the brand that many people feel like is Sorbet for the senses. It's Sorbet mm. for the soul. Oh, wow. That is that
1: the new ad campaign? Am I building a poster in my head? Probably. Yes.
0: It's like the food that chefs eat when they're tired of cooking. What do they go home and fix for themselves?
1: They're going to nuke a pizza real quick. <laughs>
0: exactly. <the> nasty <laughs> Does Wolfgang
1: Puck pizza. go home and nuke a Wolfgang Puck pizza?
0: No, it's probably would... a nasty like store-bought. It's, kinda... it's, the, it's
1: like whatever, chef, whatever. It's yes. some sort of stupid guy with an icon. It's, exactly. not, even, it's not even Wolfgang it's Puck. It's not even yeah. Puck pizza. That's very funny. Like, like, anyway, just, yes.
0: Just microwave the food, frozen burrito <laughs> or something. Just I'm hungry. It's Genesis.
1: Oh, sure. It's Genesis.
0: If you haven't looked at Genesis, the G70 sedan starts at Mm $39,000. It's like buying a Mercedes without the price tag. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to find the entire brand, the styling, the interiors, the materials, and most of all, the reliability, very refreshing. Now, they do make SUVs. If you deign to look at the (laughs) SUVs, they are interesting. But I know you want to stay away from that. Mm-hmm. But that's why I suggest the smallest sedan that they make is the G70. And for the amount of money you're paying, the level of luxury you're going to be getting. Yeah, I and know. I believe the reliability that you'll also be buying is very worth a look. You need to go test drive that G70. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than the GTI. It's not a hot hatch. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to be really, I think you're going to like it. It's something so different. It's just a completely different experience. And it's a different take, not just style, but how the car operates how you interact with the driving okay that's what we like about it. but hyundai also makes fun cars if you want to save some money like the elantra n with the dsg you already have a dsg in your gti you know you yeah, like true. dsgs yeah. why can't you go buy a hyundai elantra n they're excellent we have not driven one at as of this mm-hmm. recording we have read as much as anybody has we look forward to it we're working on a plan around that but The Elantra N gets rave reviews and it's not 40 grand. True. True. Yeah. That's very true. But if we were to suggest a wild card. Okay. There is a hatchback out there that has some semblance of fun. (laughs) Okay. I wonder if it's the same place I went. Keep going. It looks like a CUV and it's classified as a CUV. Unfortunately. Okay. It is the Kona N. Oh, all right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, sure. 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 It's like a slightly lifted GTI. Yeah, everybody calls them an SUV, CUV, whatever. (laughs) I feel like they built a hatchback and they're trying to get away with it. They built a tall hatch. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure they did, yeah. If you're already used to a GTI, you don't sit up that much taller. It has a lot of horsepower, a really good transmission. It is fun to drive. We actually drove it just recently against the GR Corolla Mm -hmm. and a Ford Focus RS. Yep. Now, those two cars are hatchbacks. They're very, even more focused. Mm -hmm. And all-wheel drive. And the things that the Kona isn't because Hyundai
1: won't release the car they should here. Anyway, moving on. won't release the Kraken.
0: That's all I heard.
1: The i30N. (laughs) But anyway, moving
0: on, yeah. Still. But the Kona N, interesting. Mm -hmm. It's small. It's chuckable. Kind of lightweight. We still had a lot of fun with it. It's got N-Grin shift mode. There's a button I right on the steering so wheel. I'm so
1: confused by that naming convention. N-Grin shift.
0: Yeah. You, you turbo overboost. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who doesn't want that?
1: Yeah, fair. It life. just should say overboost. But anyway, yeah. Or just boost. Anyway, moving on.
0: Well, that's what it says on the GV60. Boost. It does.
1: Because somebody was like, uh,
0: in, uh, no, no, we're not doing NGS At anymore. least they didn't call it a turbo like Tycons did. Any. Anyway. Martin. <laughs> Take a look at all three of those brands. And yes, guess what? It's all Hyundai, Kia, Genesis.
1: Interesting. Now, Martin, I'm going to go down a weird rabbit trail jumping off of what Paul just said, because all of the cars he's listed are great. But whatever it is you buy, you need to go to the forums first. It's a good point. I want you to dig around for known issues on whatever you're digging around first. And Hyundai Kia Genesis has had a lot of recalls for potential engine fire risk.
0: Fair enough.
1: Now, many car makers know that's not fair. All car makers have had recalls. A recall is not a death blow on an automaker. It's not a death blow on a specific car. Sometimes they can be somewhat catastrophic recalls, but the purpose of the recalls is because we made a mass market product and we have discovered now that it is out in the public in mass, this thing can happen. Okay. Now, hopefully it wasn't just sheer negligence on the part of the company and they did it anyway, but sometimes that's even been true. Firestone tires on Ford
0: Explorers. Uh,
1: what Volkswagen Dieselgate. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. These things have happened.
0: GM ignition switch recalls. Yes, exactly. There's,
1: so, I mean, there's, there's examples for every car exactly. company. So I, I want you to look into Hyundai-Kia Genesis in that regard and see what the other known issues are. Now, having said that, these are recalls. It's not guarantees. that Just because there's a recall doesn't mean you're going to have that problem. Sure. And just because you're recalled doesn't mean the car should be avoided. But I, I think... Since forums were the kind of thing you found after the fact in the GTI, let's get ahead of the problem and get on the forums ahead of time when you're like, should I buy one of these?
0: Yes. And for the most part, car companies want to solve. For the most part. I know Generally, that's a blanket yeah. statement. Yeah. There's a- <laughs> yes. Fair point. <laughs> Your yeah. experience may vary. Uh-huh. But heck, we own a GR86. The engine's supposed to blow up at any moment. Yes. Yes. RTV is going to get clogged up. in the oil pickup, mm-hmm. and the engine's going to detonate. And we should have pulled the oil pan off and checked ourselves. We should have,
1: and we should have boroscoped the actual well, take up. And what's going to happen is that one day we're going to get in the car, we're going to hit the start button, and RTV is going to just ooze out of the vents. It's just going to be like overwhelming. It's going to be like some alien movie. That's what's going to happen. blasting out, possibly. This is this is what the internet has led us to believe. <laughs> we are about to be besieged. It's kind of like the blob. We're about to be besieged by RTV. It <laughs> is
0: blob-like. Anyway, do you know what we're going to do. Keep driving the GR86. are.
1: Yeah, we'll keep driving it. We'll yeah, let you hard know. Hard and happens. fast. So, Martin, let me give you a couple of ideas here because you like that GTI, but you're saying I can't get anything like the GTI. And I say to you, not true. You want a stylish, fun to drive, decent interior hatchback. Mm-hmm. I got you, my friend. Here's two. Mini Cooper S. It's good. That yeah. is the cheapest, most fun entry level BMW you can buy. That's what that car is. Okay? It's the and most also
0: fun BMW car that they built. Well, hmm. it
1: certainly in front wheel drive form, I think it is. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. So by, look at the Mini Cooper S. Now, it doesn't have as luxurious an interior as the GTI. It it, it trades luxurious for quirky, but it isn't a stark bad interior. That's the other part of it. No, it's not. And the fun. seats are typically excellent in that car. Yeah, so agreed. drive a Mini Cooper S. I think that is a really viable option for you. But then I actually think there's a car out there that almost out-GTIs the GTI. Okay. Mazda 3 Turbo.
0: Do you? You'd like that. That's a look, great one. It's, it's not a DSG,
1: but it has their six speed automatic gearbox, which we have marveled about the fact that Mazda has stood on. You know what? Six gears is enough. And you get in one of their cars yeah. and you know what you think? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Six gears is good. Now it doesn't look, it doesn't shift as fast as the DSG, but it's a really solid known gearbox. That turbo motor is excellent. The all-wheel drive turbo is very fun to drive. We drove it against a Mark 7 Golf R. So go watch that piece. Martin. Martin's car. Exactly. Go watch that piece and, and look at a Mazda 3 Turbo f- seriously because the other thing going on there is a very nice interior, mm-hmm. a very classy look. So I think the Mazda 3 Turbo could be the answer, but I have a wild card. Okay. It's a wild card because it's not a car. It's a CUV. But, hey, and, 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 you've, and you've said to avoid it, and I get it, and we're, but we're both kind of throwing out wild cards anyway. But here it is. Get yourself a used Porsche Macan. You have experience working on Porsches. you found yeah. them to be reliable. A used Porsche Macan is in your budget, and Porsche doesn't want to hear what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. That is Porsche's hatchback. It's a lifted hatchback. That is Porsche makes yeah. a GTI. I don't think it's going to feel as big as the RAV4 did to your wife. It's almost the same size, but it has... One of the sportiest, best dynamic handling of any CUV made. Used Porsche Macan. Your, tell your wife that uh, you're driving the Porsche hatchback today. And see what she thinks, because I think she'll be impressed.
0: I think you're right. I mean, Martin, I thought of the Cayenne. I, too big. You, you don't want SUVs. It's yeah. just too big. And the Macan is right in there. Yes, it is. a It is, that's a, that's it a good is choice Porsche's too. GTI alternative. It's not what they, th- they thought of when they Plus made it, but that's already, what it is. You're already German car guy, Yes, Martin. for sure. He'll be
1: fine. When you remember that car that fascinates you or you hear us debate a particular vehicle right here on the podcast, you need a way to search for it. Our friends at Autotempest.com will help you find your next car wherever it is, wherever it's hiding,
0: local, nationwide, big listings, or little ones. And you're probably the person your friends and everyone in your family consults with for their car buying decisions. Even with sponsorships like this one, the folks at Auto Tempest rely on word of mouth. So let your friends know this is your secret weapon. AutoTempest.com slash everyday links you to nationwide listings from Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, so it enables you to search beyond the limited distances those sites support. So when
1: you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing your next family car, or you're just having that fear of missing out, go to AutoTempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars.
0: One search. Nico P. writes to us Mm -hmm. from California. He's moving to Germany soon, and he's going to be selling his three cars and pooling the money to buy something in Germany, and he wants advice on what to buy. Hmm. I would have thought, I'm moving from
1: California to Germany. I want to get some really cool German cars that we don't have here. Nico is selling three old German cars before he goes to Germany. He has a 1989 190E 2.6, that is the, the Mercedes. He's got an E30, the 2.7 liter 86 E30 BMW. And look, he's done, he's done the big three, the 2009 A3 2 liter. He I mean, didn't own a Porsche, but look, you've got a, you've got a Mercedes, a BMW, and an Audi.
0: I mean, the only city not represented is Wolfsburg, but still, <laughs> I mean, mostly you, Volkswagen. You've got there. it
1: done. You're moving to Germany. And, and frankly, I, I'm going to circle back to this, but what, you know what you don't need? A German car.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. After all is said and done, Nico will probably have $20,000 to play with, may, you know, give or take. He's been spending his evenings on Auto Scout 24 daydreaming, but he can't decide. Hmm. Now, he's got a dog and will probably have kids in the next few years. So something to think about. But not right now. You don't, don't buy for the life you're going to have. <laughs> yes. Buy for the life you have currently. He will have garage parking for two cars available, and he'll be living in Nuremberg.
1: Nuremberg is not Nuremberg. And I say this because our friends at RSR get this call every year. Somebody calls you like, I'm in downtown Nuremberg. Where are you guys? Well, you're in a different city across the country uh-huh. from us. Nuremberg is where the post-World War II trials happened. Uh-huh. Nuremberg is where the Nuremberg Ring, the Nuremberg ring is. Totally that's on the place. western edge, close to Belgium.
0: Nuremberg is about five hours from Nuremberg. <laughs> These where are the not ring is. the same. I say this because we Americans are dumb about this. We're <laughs> well, dumb about it. Yes. But I know you're going to be wanting to go to the ring. Of course. You're five hours away. Go, go. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be your weekends. You drive out on Saturday morning, you get there for the tourist and farting session, and. Oh, man. and Stay overnight, you'll probably make friends, crash on a couch somewhere and drive back home on Sunday, Don't
1: crash on the ring, crash on a couch. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Different different problem.
0: Well, Nico has driven in snow but never lived in it, so what should he consider here? Should he add all-wheel drive to his list? He's been looking at older two-door Gs and Syncro Golfs if we think he needs it. Okay.
1: By the way, Germany requires winter tires. Yes. They require
0: it. uh, Up until about April, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. So So, you're going to be buying winter tires whether you like it or not. Here's what Nico's been looking at. A W124 coupe or wagon. That's An, a Mercedes wagon for yeah, those that's Mercedes. Along. Yep. An E30 Touring. So old E30 Touring. Old
1: BMW wagon, yeah.
0: He has a cappuccino on the list.
1: That's a left turn, the but Suzuki I like A cappuccino? Those uh-huh. are
0: tiny. They're tiny, yeah. An E24, a Mercedes C126, <laughs> and some others. Should he get a higher mileage E36 or E39? I love it that you're talking in code. Uh, it's all German cars. We have to decipher, yes. He could stretch to a C sixty
1: three wagon, or maybe a pre merger AMG. So, by the way, everything we've listed here, with the exception of the cappuccino, <laughs> is a BMW or Mercedes product, old. and and they're enough, all old.
0: <laughs> Nuremberg is equidistant from Munich and Stuttgart.
1: Well, there you go. You could you could equally give out <laughs> either of those. Ingolstadt's a little bit closer, but funny. still, you That's know, it's very funny.
0: You've already owned all the cars, Nico. Mercedes, BMW, and Audi. You've already owned them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. On one hand. I'm of two minds about this, Nico. Okay. On one hand, owning a German car in Germany is the best of all worlds mm. because you've got the best mechanics that know how to work on the cars. And it's right there. It's like having four dealers. They can work on your truck.
1: Also along those lines, the German ministry of transportation, they are so strict about your car being up to spec to be able to oh, run the, on the, the road. The TUV. So that if, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So, that if, so if you are buying an old car, that has been registered recently in Germany, it's going to run well. You can find old cars yeah. here where it's like, how was this legal? Not over there. They are very strict. And so, if, again, if you're buying an old something, it will be very roadworthy.
0: Yeah, I, Nico, I think I told this story a few years back. I had a friend when I worked at Autodesk whose wife was the personal assistant to the former CEO of Volkswagen. She did all his PowerPoints and helped with speeches and yeah, you know, yeah. he was the yeah, public yeah. facing. So she was the person sort of behind the CEO, the guy that yeah. went to jail for Dieselgate. That guy. That guy. Oh, okay, okay yes, got it. Sure, yeah. She was fine. Her yeah. job was fine because, you know, she was just writing the speeches. <laughs> she and was just doing the PowerPoint. Doing the PowerPoints. He was, he was doing the so prison So she time. was yeah, way up it. there. But she actually asked me, she's like, why don't Americans like Volkswagens? They're great cars. And I told her, they're great cars in Germany. And we wondered about mechanics. We wondered about people's ability and, of course, availability of parts, even though that sure, is here. Yeah. And Volkswagen of USA is huge. However, the the know-how, the tribal knowledge, mm-hmm. the desire and know-how to keep these cars running perfectly. You would see Passats, like, are more than a decade old and they run perfectly. They've got 300,000 kilometers on them. They're amazing. Like this is like reliable as a top. How mm-hmm. is this possible?
1: The cleanest Phaeton I have ever seen. We saw this year on yeah. pilgrimage and it was the V10 diesel and it was showroom quality.
0: You'd be crazy to own that in North America. I, and in I, Germany,
1: I, they're I was, littered. I was, I was drooling on it. I admit in spite of <laughs> so knowing funny. better,
0: in spite of knowing better. I was like, Oh my gosh, this thing. Yeah. If we're going to choose a native car, all done. BMW 1 Series 5-door. Bet you can get it for twenty grand. I We're done and done and done. wondered if you it go there. It will accommodate your future needs. 5-door. It's, it's actually 4-door with a hatch. It looks great. Mm-hmm. You can get them in manual. We see them at the ring. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, they're really cool. They are, they are definitely a forbidden fruit. That's a great one. I love that. But what if you choose something you can't buy in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. For the sake of change. I mean, I'm not just talking French cars here. Okay, so don't worry. <laughs> we could. I mean, we but could we're discuss not just some talking, good French yeah, cars, huh? you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 208s and 308s. How about the Ford Fiesta ST? The one we don't get Thank in you. the US. That's on my list too, for the exact That's same it. reason. Yep. And we're done. Yep. Because that will also accommodate your yep. needs. It's within your price range, and you can take it to the ring. You will see them at the ring.
1: You know what? Done. You, you and I aligned pretty well on Did this. Did we really? Because, because Nico, my. Uh, I, and this is funny, but my big takeaway to you is I actually don't want you to get a German car, even though they do work wonderfully there. <laughs> but I'm great. just like, you've kind of done the old crazy German car thing, with the possible exception of an E30 Touring. And a nice one of those would be very cool, I have to admit. Because you just. That, that's not a car you ever see here. I'm not even sure how many they even brought here. The yeah. E30 Touring? That'd be really I mean, cool if you can find super a Super cool. In California, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but you know, I mean, the the, the wagon guy be cool, would be fun. But but anyway, the um, so that's cool. But I just you've owned a bunch of old German cars, yeah. So yeah. whether it's German or not, what I want you to do is be in Germany and buy something that you you physically cannot get here. Yes. And the cappuccino you can get here, but those are so tiny and fantastic that I'm kind of going, that's interesting, but is that really a car you want to drive all the
0: time? There's also the Autobahn realities. Yes. I don't know if you want to be in a cappuccino and get your doors
1: blown. That off is a real question, everybody. even though I find them fascinating. And I think as a commute <laughs> <Me>? car, <laughs> it's as, crazy. as a On commute the car, they'd be incredibly fun. As it an Autobahn cool, car, though. they would be terrifying. Yeah. But anyway, so that, that's kind of funny, but I, I have to completely align with you, Paul, and that is the, the second-gen Fiesta ST that we did not get. Done. We heard rave reviews on that from yes. Tom and many others. People love that car, so go get the Fiesta ST because you simply can't get it here. Don't like that? How about the Ford Focus ST Wagon?
0: That's also we did see those we've seen those we didn't get that
1: either that that's bigger than the hatchback it's actually the wagon in Europe there are two designations there's the wagon which is what we're used to I'm pardon me there's the hatchback which is what we're used to here and sometimes call wagons incorrectly then there is the wagon which is typically like the better part of a foot longer
0: Ford's version of the caddy. To some degree, so so the the Ford Focus ST wagon is an interesting. That's one. good. He could get the Fiesta ST first, and then if he has a family in the when future, when the family's in the future, move there you up go. to the Focus ST wagon. And then I
1: have another one that you have to at least go drive. You can get this in so many variants. I can't even give you a variant because I, I lose track. And we go every year and we see these cars, the Renault Megane. The Renault Magan is one of those yeah. hatchbacks that whenever yeah. Europe does a hatchback throwdown, it's one of the top two cars. It's ubiquitous. Every yeah. single time. They're fantastic at the ring. RSR takes them and flings them around all the time and loves them. So you, But you can get every variant. You can get the, and, I, and I say this because you can get the variant that is the base variant, not fast, not interesting car. And you can get these super hot, has no back seats, is blowing doors off of massive Porsches and Ferraris. Yeah. You can get the entire spectrum. So what is your Magan? You're never going to get one of those over here. They're not the nicest car ever, but you've owned old stuff. So get a recent, hot Renault Magon and have a completely new experience while you're in Germany. If
0: we're going to go French cars, i got to res- resurrect the RCZ. Yeah, the Peugeot. Yeah, I see it's that. It's just different. And it's, quirky it's different and, weird. and
1: quirky. I don't know that dynamically they're ever that great. They're so, not. But, I, I yeah. don't think they are. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you can't get them in North You're America. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and you
1: will. There's no car that turns our collective heads more when we're in Germany than that car.
0: Yeah, I'm sure dynamically there's plenty of other better cars. Maybe the R, but now they're probably within your price range. Mm-hmm. If you've got. Debates like Nico, like Martin, write to us, yeah. everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and your car debates. We have some
1: questions from the backlog that we haven't gotten to that we still thought were interesting, so I wanted to run through a few of those. I found this one from Ryan on Facebook that made me laugh. He said he's tired of paying for tire swaps on his, <laughs> his WRX, winter then to summer, then back on the same rims, oh, he hates this. it. And also, here's the thing. We in Park City see this all the time because people do this. I mean, I do it. The, the issue is that there's a six-week swath on the shoulder seasons. So like beginning of April for six weeks and you know, right around Halloween for six weeks where it's impossible to get into your local tire store because everybody all of a sudden goes, oh, wait, weather's changing.
0: Yeah, right. And so right. Every, you
1: can't get in. So he said he's tired of it. So he bought a set of extra rims to put on. So you can just swap out the rims. This is the way to do it. If you have the space, this is the, I do it on my my wife's client. She loves it. My, I've convinced my mother-in-law and my parents to just do other rims. Everybody's doing it now, which is the way to go. The problem is the, uh, the TPM, uh, TPMS sensors, the tire pressure monitoring mm-hmm. sensors, they don't connect co- correctly. He somehow got the wrong year and they just, they, they just don't connect. And so his wife constantly thinks he's on low pressure every time they're driving the alternate rims, are there any hacks to turn this off? And Ryan, I hate to say this, but you know what it is? It's electrical tape. That's literally <laughs> what it is. It is the old VCR blinking VCR trick, oh okay? Are because you unless serious? you really want to solve there's two ways to do this. Unless you really want to solve this and get the proper TPMs you pay the money. and you get them linked. Yeah. You either do that, yeah. or you do one of two things. You cover up the light Or, and I know plenty of people have done this, and I've actually did this too. Back when I had my Sabaru, I did this. You just ignore the light for four months out of the year. You just know that the light is on because I have my winter tires on. Mm. Those are your options. I mean, if you're wanting it to work right, you have to spend the money and the TPMS and get it done right if you want to just run winter rims. And I'm telling you, I've been in plenty of cars in Park City in the wintertime where that indicator is on. And we just put on our winter tires
0: (laughs) and we go along our happy way. (laughs) Color Cartel says, as car people, we make emotional choices. He came into cars through Fast and Furious. And he wants the nitrous experience. <laughs> wants some Nas, man. <laughs> Do you remember this? Paul oh Walker,
1: gosh. with a straight face somehow. Almost angry. Some, I mean, this may have been the That's best. That's the only act, way
0: he could get the line
1: out. May have been the best acting of his career, candidly. Because he <laughs> comes marching into the undercover it's the least undercover house in the on the history uh-huh. of the world because why are cops going in and out of here but anyway he goes marching into his his chief for his undercover thing and says i need nas like really that was a lie on
0: paper that you actually got out without laughing it actually happened yep he must have gotten a, you know all the the tears of laughter out first let's, before he let's can see the bloopers down. of that for sure yep well, Carl Cartel says, What car under $15,000 would we try out this type of fun? <laughs> okay. He's not super attracted to domestic cars, but it seems like a cheap vet or a Mustang might be the play here. It's been years since I've looked at NAS, and it you can fry everything in your engine. If it's not done correctly, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I mean, Fast and Furious just proved. You know, yes. you just have your 14-second shot of boost, mm-hmm. and then you won, <laughs> and it doesn't matter anymore if you fry the... Valves oh, and man. piston rings and anything else. If it's not done right, and I still think that's the case. I, I literally haven't looked into this for years because it remained just in the movies. That's that's where NAS remains in my mind. I know people still do it, but you would have to investigate somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. So you don't wreck your engine because even on a fifteen thousand dollar car. After the first shot, you could be replacing the whole engine. You could be. I mean, NOS does not discriminate. It will happily blow up any car you bring it Yes. if done wrong. Yes. So, $15,000 might be a little bit spendy. How about like a cheap Camaro? <laughs> uh, yeah. How about something yeah. even cheaper? Like, we're talking 5K. I mean, even still, 5K for some people is... That's, that's just the reliable daily. I just need a car. Sure, so could for be, yeah. play around, yeah, yeah. That you might screw up the engine. You might be buying a crate motor or something out of a wrecked car. Mm. Maybe. But I, you're right. That is just the experience of that is kind of tempting. I agree. So as cheaply as you can do it is the point here.
1: Yeah, I I see that. But then the thing is, the big question that comes in behind it, and Paul's already touched on it, is got to make sure it's done right. So you get Mm. more than one shot of nitrous out of this engine. And you're right. An old Mustang engine might hold up. You could chase the old, uh, if you can find one, an old uh, Nissan 240 would be really interesting. Sure. But you're going to have to... There's there's steps to this. It's find the car that you feel like you... You're almost figuring out what's your budget level that you're okay if that money vanishes. That's the that's that's what your budget is. Maybe it's fifteen grand. Maybe you're right to your point, Paul. Maybe it's five. So what's the amount of money you can watch leave your wallet and go? Well, I got to try it. So there's that. (laughs) Then you have to find the specialist that knows those cars that can put a NOS system on, which by the way also has a comma in it. Maybe Uh, a hefty comma. Right. Yes. Then you go out and find your perfect back road Texas straight shot to try out your nitrous. (laughs) Yeah. And hope nothing goes really wrong, but also be in a situation where you from a safety perspective and you from a financial perspective, if it all goes wrong, you can be like, "Yep,
0: I got to try it. Got to be able to walk away." Okay, let's go OG. Let's go full Fast and Furious. Mitsubishi Eclipse. There you go. Let's sure. go find one of those yeah. and blow the motor and have recreate the movie. Revs up on IG has a question about image sensors. Actually, Todd, I think this is more for you. How do you shoot around the CCD lens flare. He's talking about the green dot from the sun hitting the CCD, the image sensor on digital cameras. I mean, we have this problem every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and we, experience we it.
1: and so we ha- do, do, have it on shots where we actually see it because the lens, the hood of the lens is so shallow as you see it often more on iPhone shot stuff than you do stuff that's shot with a decent lens that actually has some sort of barrel to it. Also, you have to be careful about, are you shooting into the sun to get sun flares? on purpose late in the day. And I'm not a big sun flare guy. And also I've also noticed this and I've seen it on, on some really good stuff, actually some really well shot stuff on, on TV and YouTube where people get obsessed with sun flare and they start putting in sun flare filters. I can tell by the shot that they did not get actual sun flare. But they want the look, and they want it so they can control it. So you put a sun flare overlay over the shot. I see that very commonly. So the thing is that we just avoid sun flare as a general rule when we shoot, and that's the reason we don't get it very often. If you get sun flare, then you just have to be careful about how much and does it hit the lens and if it. Does, I mean the
0: actual sensor, and if it does, that happens. Joe M asks, how many speeding tickets we've gotten? What's the best story to go with one of them? We've talked about this before. I mean, many of my speeding tickets have just been boring. You know, the Mercedes (laughs) GLC 43. I'm going 84 miles an hour, looking down, screwing around with a feature, and then, okay, all right. You got me. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. What can I do? Except the first 928 that I had, for those of you who know Los Angeles.
1: (laughs) I remember this story. This is a good one.
0: It's sort of like, figure out at what point I'm going to jail and back it off a little.
1: Well, and also figure out the places where if there's not a cop currently traveling with you, there's a few of these on LA freeways where if there's not a cop traveling with you by this exit, there's no chance there will be one until this exit because there's nowhere to get on. There's a few places in LA that are like that. And guess what? High speeds occur.
0: Well, I had just gotten the car Mm -hmm. and I had this thought that everyone does after getting a car like that. Uh Uh-huh. What'll she do? (laughs) So I put my foot down, and Uh I was going 110 through Pasadena and then on into Glendale, pulled over by CHP, who started following me in Altadena Mm. and finally pulled me over out near Westlake Village area well actually it was not it wasn't that far you was, were inside was, glendale weren't you it was still inside glendale so yeah, yeah. it was still a ways but they were following me and they said we know you were going faster than 100 but we only turned on the radio the radar and were able to catch up to you so we're writing you up for 90 <sighs> like i'll take the ticket i'll take 90 <laughs> hand me your notebook please and your please yeah i'll take 90 happily yep it's a fast car yep <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs>
1: Anthony Zerg says, did you see this? I love this. Another twist on track daily crush. Did you see this? You're going to have to answer it. I think the track daily crush scratch edition, which is now accept repair or stew on it. Uh The scratch you put on yourself when parking that little bit too close to the curb. That's option one. The scratch somebody else put on in a shopping center car park and never left a note. And the scratch that was on the car when you bought it, which was reflected in the price. The except is the scratch that was on the car when I bought it. I mean, I knew about you it have to. it was yeah, there, yeah, it's yeah. fine. I will pro- because I, because the first time I saw the car it had it, I will probably never get around to fixing that unless you have that sounds weird. That opportune moment where some other damage happens on that same panel, then you get that fixed.
0: That's true, That's but you true. probably
1: don't otherwise. Uh, let's see the, um, the <laughs> scratch that you put on yourself when parking too close to the curb, um, I will stew on that. Because I did it to myself. Yeah. yeah. And then that means the scratch somebody put on in the shopping center never left a note. After I get over the rage of that, I will get that fixed. I should say, if you haven't seen it, please go to our original channel,
0: the Everyday Driver channel on YouTube, and watch our F1 episode. We drove three Formula cars from the collection at our friend's Griot's garage. Yeah, really cool. They let us have cars, including a 1978 Formula One car, the Walter Wolf car. Mm Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard Formula One cars from that era in a while, holy cow, this thing is mm, unreal.
1: I agree. I think it may be our best sounding episode ever. So even if you've seen it (sighs) on TV, it's worth just putting it up on something with good speakers again and just sitting back and listening. So that's on the original channel right now.
0: Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. We really appreciate it. We podcast usually on Mondays and Thursdays for Tuesdays and Fridays and post up on social media. So ask us all your questions on there. Just a quick hit, something that's in the news, something like that. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Cheers, everyone.